Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 72, if I'm not mistaken, of The Intrinsic Podcast. As always, my name's Juan, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Omar. <laughs> that is his name. And we're excited to be back here. We're talking today about management. And I honestly think this is the perfect time to talk about this because I, if I haven't mentioned it, I am in a management position in my job now, probably happened about two months ago now, I would say two months and a half. Um, and Omar, I don't know to what extent he wants to talk about it, but he is also working towards a management position on his own. And again, we just wanted to talk about one, our experiences with it, a couple of lessons that we've learned through this process of, you know, learning. And for anyone out there who potentially wants to go in that direction of management, whether it be uh, management of a retail store, management of a team, uh, entrepreneurship. Again, we, we talk a lot about entrepreneurship. So in being a CEO or a COO or all these you know chief executive positions, management is a huge part of it. You have to learn how to manage people, even though, honestly, to me, it kind of sounds weird, like manage, like I manage people, but it's a skill nonetheless, and it's a skill that you have to develop if you want to head down those paths. So, Omar, how do you... I'll ask you this. What do you think is the hardest part that you expect or currently face about being in a management position? Oh, getting right into it, huh? Right into it. What would be the most difficult thing or aspect of being a manager? Yep. You may Probably, have felt it already, or maybe it's coming. I see um, through my short-lived experience so far, uh, there's a few things that stand out to me. Uh, some of them being retaining the discipline to make sure that you're doing your job the most effectively possible. Like not leaving their the impression on your employees or the people that are under you that you're slacking on the job or that uh, shortcuts are okay, that, ah, it's okay. You could just, don't worry about that. Um, you know, retaining that discipline as a leader, as a manager, uh, to not give the impression that those things are okay. Because of course those shortcuts will at some point or another lead to mistakes and mistakes, whether they're big or small, always lead to, uh, loss of money, loss of uh, merchandise, uh, loss of profit sales, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's the main thing that comes to mind right now. Um, because as a manager, you really want to give the impression that you're there to lead, you're a leader, you're to be respected. Um, and you're also to be held to the standard uh, as a leader. So if your employees or people that are under you need you, you need to be able to step up to the plate. You need to be able to provide answers at all times. And if you can't, there's something wrong there. Because at what job have we been at where we were, you know, in some sort of a stretch or, or we couldn't quite figure out something like on a register or something. And then you're like, oh, just ask the manager. At what job have you been at when you asked the manager for, uh, you know, an answer and they didn't provide an answer, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're essentially your rock. Any little businesses rock. If a manager's not doing his job, that's bad. That's really bad. Yeah. So I'd probably say to, to retain that discipline, to keep the, as a manager, to keep yourself to a hundred percent standard. A year ago when I was in Davis wrapping up or still, yeah, I guess wrapping up my master's, mm -hmm. I was reading Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, which mm -hmm. I've mentioned before and of all episodes we're not sponsored, but God, I wish we would. If we were sponsored by something, this episode, we would be sponsored by that book, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, because the thing is, I read that book before I was anywhere near close to a management position or a, even a leadership position. At that point, I was finishing my master's. I was transitioning to another state to help my sister there was no, nothing in my life that I can think about that I was managing people or being a leader, um, really, in, in, any, in any sense. I mean, we always have it sort of within ourselves, but I wasn't actually leading 
a team. I was maybe leading myself towards a, you know, a better life, but gotcha. I mentioned that particular moment because I can't stop thinking about that book now, even though I read it a year ago and I had no specific reason to read it at that point. But now mm-hmm. that I'm, am in this management position, um, I am the project lead of, uh, let's say a pretty important model in our company. I am not going back, but I'm having flashbacks when things happen and I'm like, Ooh, I know what to do in this position. I need to do this. And this is why I need to do it. And the key phrase that he mentions in that book, which turns out to be another book that he wrote is there's a dichotomy in leadership. What that means is what Omar was saying there is sort of half of the picture there. You have to have discipline, not just within yourselves, but also within your employees, but you have to also have that other level of flexibility. That is sort of the dichotomy and it represents itself in different ways, depending on the position, depending on who you're managing and what the overall goal is. But that's the thing that I've noticed. You have to be able to keep your team in line and say, Hey, this is the goal. That other aspect that you were looking at, like for me, my job is, you know, I'm a data scientist, so it's very scientific. It's programming, it's research. There are a lot of different venues of that you can go down of research and say like, Hey, I'm going to look at that. Cause that, that looks interesting. And that looks interesting. The thing is, there are a lot of interesting things out there. There are a lot of different ways of doing things, but you have to find the balance of how long is this going to take? Is it going to be worth it in the end? And you have to make those decisions for them. That is one of those things that you, you just have to do. And you say, you can't do that. You can't do that. We have to just stay in line and do this. Maybe like, I don't like closing the door on anything, but I say like, Hey, you know what? We just don't have the time right now. Let's put a pin on that, create a ticket, like let's make a note and maybe we can come back to it four or five months whenever we're done with this larger project. Cause that is a, you know, those can be great, amazing ideas, but they just take way too long. You don't have the budget, you don't have the time. So you leave them for later. And then on the other end, right, being disciplined on the other end, it's having the flexibility, giving your employees the flexibility to be themselves and be looking for better improvements. That is primarily the reason why I rose up in positions and I'm now in a management position so quickly because they gave me the flexibility and freedom to say, hey, go do it. Whichever way you see fit, figure it out. If it works, that's what we care about. And I was always looking for the better solution. I was always looking for the simpler solution. Me personally, I like simple things like why overcomplicate things? Let's keep it simple, solve the problem. And if you are able to find that balance and that dichotomy of being disciplined, not just within yourselves, but also in the people you're in charge of, but also giving them the flexibility to look for better ways to do things, be more productive. That is an amazing leader. That is the, that is the goal for anyone out there who's trying to be a leader, who's in a management position, um, who's trying to start a company, anything where you are in charge of people. That is the goal. You have to find that balance between giving your employees flexibility, but also keeping them disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I think discipline, um, for me, at least right now is like the priority. Um, because as anybody who would find themselves in a place of employment, if you're stepping into a management or lead position, uh, as you're coming in, chances are the employees are already working there or have been working there. Uh, chances are you're moving up, right? You were probably once an employee. Um, and now you're moving up to, to that position, right? You're stepping up to the plate. You need to be able to prove to yourself and to the rest of the employees that you're there for a reason, because if in that initial time period, you give off the impression that you're slacking off, that you're not dedicated to your job, that you're not there to do what you need to do as a lead, or as a manager, they will step all over you. And there's nothing worse than having somebody be a pushover or an insufficient um, management uh, manager. Because I've been at jobs in the past where I would think very poorly of my managers. You know, I wouldn't care. I disregard whatever orders they gave me. When they gave me an order, 
it wasn't an order for me. It was an option. And I took, and I took that very seriously because like, oh, well, they don't even know what they're doing. How are they going to tell me what to do? I know what's best for the, for the, you know, the, the place of employment, the, the business, the, the store or whatever. And that was a huge issue because the second that there's that disconnection between management and employees, everything just goes to shit because if in the normal time of day, when things are slow, um, like say at a store, at a restaurant, you're not listening to your manager. When things get really complicated, you're definitely not going to be listening to them. If all of a sudden you get an influx of uh, people coming into the business, right? There's a line waiting. And this person as employee starts stressing like, oh, I don't know what to do. They're not going to know to turn to their manager for help because they've already disrespected them. There's already a disconnect. They don't think that they're a viable solution to their problem, right? And they're just going to think right past them and be like, I'm going to have to figure this out on my own, right? And as a manager, you need to be able to communicate, right, with your employees, with everybody, and it, have it be honest communication too. Not there, not just be telling you these things to just make you think that everything's okay. As a manager, you need to be able to look past everything, right, and see things for what they yeah. really are. Um, and then in that case, being flexible, right? I gotta Somebody say, provides you a, an issue. It's yeah. like you need to transition from you know being in the office to like okay, let's come out. What's going on? You know, why is this place burning down? Why, why is there people walking out? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say like, and ask you, cause this I've noticed, I'm very perceptive in noticing like my weaknesses. And for example, to, to some extent I've like tried to lead you specifically you down like, Hey, try this, try this, this could improve your life. So on and so forth. Right. So I know how I am with you. And I'm also very comfortable with it. Oddly enough though, something that I'm, I think is developing into a weakness for me as a leader and in a management position is it's not like not being assertive because I'm, I'm, I'm really assertive about things, but positive feedback, I, I give it but I honestly think that I might give it a bit too much is what yeah. I think. And again, this is a difficult thing because you have to change your management, your management style based on who your team and the people are. Yep. Because again, actually this is a perfect example. Like with you, like I know I can be pretty assertive and be like, yo, like you should try this. Like, definitely try this or like whenever you fuck up, just same, same thing. Like when I fuck up, like, Hey, that, that was dumb. Like you shouldn't have done that. But what I'm still figuring out is how to do that with people who to put it simply are a bit more sensitive and they're more emotional and they, I can't just say like, Hey, you fucked up. Obviously that's generally not a good thing to just say. I mean, I say that sometimes cause like we're friends, but you shouldn't be saying that but you still have to be able to tell someone you did something wrong here. It's okay for it's not the end of the world. Company is not going to go bankrupt because of this, but these are the consequences that are going to come from it. The progress is slowing down. We have to go back and review those things. This is going to slow down the version two version three of what we're building and actually let them know like something negative has actually happened and will continue to happen if you continue to make these same mistakes. And that's something that I'm finding difficult because I mean, I, I am a nice guy. I mean, I mean, you'll probably laugh like, but I am an actual nice guy and I don't like to tell people like you did this wrong. Like you messed up here. I would ideally like them to, for them to realize it themselves. The thing that I'm realizing though, is a lot of people just don't, a lot of people just think well, that they haven't done anything wrong. And actually instead of, for example, blame other people, like, well, you should have given me better instructions. Maybe this, this other department, the product team should have told me this before they told me this other thing. And I'm still figuring that particular part out. Do you, okay. how do you think you, do you think that's a weakness for you or no? It is a weakness. I'm yeah. not, I won't yeah. speak about ourselves directly, but 
if a manager and or lead um, has issues with that, that that is that is an issue. Um, as a as a lead of a team, using the the example directly, like from Jocko Willick's book, as a lead, you need to have thicker skin, right? I know myself personally, and perhaps this applies to you as well. The majority of my life, I never really had positive reinforcement. I just did as I pleased and hoped that it worked out great. In some instances, that worked. In others, it didn't. But I never really had a form of positive reinforcement in my life, at least not until later on. Um, and that it helped to a certain extent, like, right? Like you as my friend, you were telling me like, oh, yeah, this is good, bro. Like, you're doing good. Like, keep it up, right? But because it came later on in my life and I didn't grow up with that um, that style of living, whatever you want to call that, um, I don't want to say it was like too late, but it's like it's just no longer um, something that, that really means so much to me as much as like me, myself, knowing and being aware like, hey, I did a good job today. All right, cool. I can, I can chill out. I can lay back. Or me saying yeah. I fucked up today, right? Um, that's different for me. Again, it might also apply to you, but positive reinforcement for me doesn't really go that far. It's like, cool, whatever, bro. Like moving on because there's still much more, so much more stuff to do that. It's like, if you focus too much on the, you know, the celebratory side of it, it's like, what are you really doing? Right. Or what are you doing it for? That's another side yeah. of it. If you have tasks at hand and you're just waiting to get to the end of the task, just to celebrate and put your feet up then it's like, what are you really doing it for? Are you doing it for the job? Are you doing it for the purpose of recognition, uh, validation? You know, like what's really going on there? But to yeah. bring it back though, as a manager, as a lead, you need to have thick skin. So if your employees, as you're uh, describing, or people underneath you, your team, right, uh, have this sensitivity to them, it's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But you do have to have discretion when speaking to them. There's a level of professionalism that's expected of a lead where you can't go too far. It's like if we're speaking about it on like a spectrum, right? Like say positive reinforcement, negative reinforce, reinforcement. I think you should never reach the extremes because either side could be really bad to a team. Whether it's too much positive reinforcement and you're giving off the illusion that everything's always going great when it's not, or giving off the impression if you're on the, on the other side of it's a constant negative, like, like, Oh, we're doing shit. It's not good enough. It's bad. It's not. And the team feels like they're constantly in a race that they can never actually catch up to. Like they're always uh, like on the, the hamster wheel. They're just going, 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 but there's no, there's no growth happening. There's no changes happening that their work is meaningless. They're not being recognized. Right. There needs to kind of be an in-between. I'm not saying it needs to be neutral, right? Not not saying that it needs to be uh, perfectly in the center of that level spectrum. But I think every business, company, uh, workplace, place of employment has their own uh, thing that would apply to them, their own center, their own Can balance. Can I ask a, a clarification question? Yes. When you mentioned like having thick skin as a manager, how do you... What is, how is that related to what you're talking about here? Thick skin, meaning, um, like you're saying your, your employees are like sensitive, right? Yeah. Cause to me, thick skin is like people tell you things like people, for example, like, like haters and you have a thick skin. So that doesn't affect you. Well, how, how are you, how are you thinking about it? Maybe we're thinking about it a little bit different. Yeah, I'm just using it in the example of the the like the employees having the sensitivity, being very sensitive, right, to any sort of comments or any sort of feedback, right? If you're a lead and you're giving instructions or feedback to the employees or the people that are underneath you, and they are taking it very difficultly, like they're having a difficult time with it, if they were to return those same things to you, like you need to be able to set the example and be like, okay, I made a mistake. I need to work on that. Uh, we're going to make some changes and, you know, in that sense, lead by example, if that same energy were to be returned to you, right? Because of course, just because your manager doesn't mean you're not open to, to receiving feedback or even, you know, negative comments, positive comments as well, but you need to be able to take that um, and not act out of a uh, emotion or out of spite, right? Like, Oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm, I'm your, I'm your boss, right? It's not that it's, 
okay, let me interpret what you're saying. Let me break it down and let me see what it is that you're really telling me, right? Like, okay, let me listen to you. Um, so if those employees are sensitive, right, and they're having a difficult time receiving any sort of comments or feedback, again, you need to lead by example and say, okay, let me, let me interpret what you're saying. Let me listen to you, right? And in that sense, having a thicker skin, right, and not being so sensitive to it. Because um, the thing is, in the workplace, you can't really allow that to happen. If out of work, you know, on your own time, you're a sensitive guy, like you're saying, Juan, right? You're a nice guy, which I know you are. You're a great person. Um, if out of the workplace, you take things or comments a little bit differently, okay, you know. But in the workplace, though, there needs to be a different uh, way that you carry yourself as a lead. You can't really allow yeah. comments or feedback from your employees to, like, be, like, stabbings, you know. Or well, like, no, oh, I, I how dare you? I don't have any trouble with that at all. And gotcha. Primarily because I do a really good job. But even if they did, um, we just had a performance review about two weeks ago. I, I love that. I love that sort of stuff. So I don't have right. a problem with, with people giving me constructive criticism because I know I, I actually love that stuff. I'm looking for yeah. it. I have a problem with, I'm always looking for the next step. So like whether you succeed mm. or you fail, I'm always like, all right, cool. That happened. Move on. Let's actually go to the next step. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Just keep it going. The thing though is I've, the thing that I'm realizing is sometimes there's a need to stop and not, and acknowledge certain things. Because if things happen and happen and happen and you're like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Next thing, next thing, next thing. It's hard to differentiate between the really good and the really bad. And the middle ground doesn't matter so much. Really what matters is those outliers, the really good things and the really bad things. Because the really good things that you're, the people that you manage do, they have to be acknowledged, I think, to a yeah. really high extent. Like, great job. Like, you know, you did an amazing job. Like, I, I didn't think you could do it in that you know, at that time frame, that was a lot better than a, you know, some compliment, but which I don't really do. Again, I mentioned before, like I'm not typically impressed with a lot of things, so I don't do well with the positive extreme. I also don't do well with the negative extreme because I'm like, just fix it. That's, that's my only sort of like, cause that's mm -hmm. all I really care about in a sense, but I know I should be caring more about like, if they just fix it, then what's preventing them from doing it two, three months down the line. If I didn't stop them and say like, Hey, by the way, I'm glad you fixed that. But th that actually could have put us back two, three, four months. Like that was a very right. significant thing. This isn't to say that you aren't doing a good job. It's just to say that you have to be very careful and not get too confident when you're working with this particular function or when you're working with this data set, because it could set us back a couple of months and so far that I've been managing, nothing's gone bad, bad things. There's been setbacks, of course, probably like a, about a couple of weeks, um, a month, but that was before I was really in a management position. But I know that there will be certain things where things break. We have to go mm -hmm. back. We have to fix them. First of all, realize why they broke, then fix them. And whether it's, I mean, again, it's super simple if I mess up because I know how I react to failure. I will yeah. just go and dive into it and like, okay, what went wrong here? This went wrong. Okay. Was it technical? Like, was it something I could control? Most of the time it is something I can control. Okay. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to try to do it this way. I have my own set way. The thing that I'm realizing now is like, we're trying to figure out, I should say, is what about when someone else messes up on your team? How do you walk them through how they can prevent that from happening again? Because I don't know how they deal with failure. Yeah. They, again, like if, if I, if I run this podcast, if, and if I just say something like to you, like, oh, I don't like this about you, Omar. And you start crying legitimately. I don't know what I would like do. <laughs> I'd just be like, oh, um, I literally, it's like an awkward thing. Like, why, why are you, first of all, why are you crying? Because it's so far away from who I am as a person. And not to say this is like the people that I'm managing, but those are situations that can occur when you have someone that's that sensitive and you're put in this sort of weird position where they're very emotional, whether it be, you know, like crying or whether it be like very frustrated, 
And to me, I just try to treat it as business, but it is, you can't take it away. You can't take away the fact that you're managing people and not managing robots. These people have emotions and you have to alleviate that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. How would you, how would you deal with that? Let's say, let's say I'm your employee. Let's do a scenario. Mm -hmm. And I messed up. We're in a performance review. I messed up really, really badly and set the company back two, three months. I mean, that's actually not really, really badly. Really badly would be like a year, but let's just say two, three months. You tell me you messed up. I start crying. Action. What do you do? There's a lot of them to unpack there, Juan. Um, well, the, the, the beginning thing I was going to say is like, before we started recording, we, we said that thing where it's like, good, not great. Right. Now, what does that really mean? means that like say on that level on that spectrum that we're that I was kind of describing right positive reinforce, reinforcement negative reinforcement mm-hmm. let's just change the words to the quality of your your job performance right so say for this example an employee one side being great one side being terrible and then the in-betweens right before the center is like it goes great good Neutral, bad, terrible, right? Very, very simplified. Very, very simplified. But using that kind of method to describe the severity of the situation, if somebody set back the company, the business, the workplace, two, three months, how bad, how severe is the situation? If it was a year, how severe is the situation, right? What's it going to take to come back out of that? How much additional work? Are you going to have to do as a business, as a manager, as your, uh, for your employees as well? You know, how much more work are you going to have to do to get out of that hole? Right. I'm still you crying have... no more. <laughs> what do you do? I'm still crying. Fired. <laughs> and there we no, go. That's my I think if you make a mistake, I think you should be allowed to make mistakes. The same yeah. thing applies to life. Right. How many times have we made mistakes? How many times have we tripped and fell and didn't get back up? Right. Like you're, you're allowed to make mistakes, but in the place of employment, there's a limit of how many mistakes you, you can make. Right. Because things need to be running efficiently and accordingly to whatever standard or code that you're supposed to work by. There's policies in place that only allow for a certain amount of mistakes. If you, as an employee, um, make one mistake, Okay, let's talk about this. Hey, look, man, I noticed that you just made this mistake. I don't know if you really understand what it is that just happened, but because you made that mistake, you just gave away $1,000 or we just lost $1,000. Or uh, because you made this mistake, it's a safety concern. We could be getting robbed, you know, or because you made this mistake, uh, somebody took a lunch break when they weren't supposed to. And now we're going to be short staffed or something like that, right? There's those kind of discrepancies that can happen at a workplace. You need to have that kind of a conversation with your employee. Now, if it's a second mistake that happens, depending on whether it's the same type of mistake or a different kind of mistake, again, it needs to be, it needs to be talked about, right? Accordingly. As a manager, it's up to your discretion, I think. For the most part, unless, of course, the workplace has different um, policies in place, it's up to your discretion, I think, uh, to decide what kind of a punishment is going to come out of it. Most of the time, it'll come off as more so a conversational kind of punishment. You know, like, hey, let's have a let's have a talk, come into the office. Um, let's go over perhaps the employee handbook, right, or our policies here at this workplace. So we can double down, right, and say, okay, look, what you did was wrong. You shouldn't do it. This is why you shouldn't do it. And here's the policies that tell you why you shouldn't be doing this. This is why these policies are in place, right? And then after that, I'd ask you, Juan, Juan, do you understand what we've talked about today? What if I'm still crying? I, I haven't heard of something that you're like, how do you calm someone down from crying? I get everything you're saying, but you know what? I'm actually not crying right now. You're not dealing with someone crying, but you're not going to actually start. There's no way you just started that monologue when someone is crying in front of you. I don't okay, believe sorry. that to be the case. Okay, so sorry. that's that's what are, what are, what are you doing before you? Do? I get that. I get one hundred percent. You gave me so much to through. go off of. You were like talking for like a, like a straight ten minutes. I was like, I just had oh, to like get these points out. But okay, present the example to me again. I fucked up. 
I'm you're in your office. You tell me I fucked up. I'm crying. Okay. That's it. Okay. How well, do you do it? Obviously, that? first thing, if you're like out on the floor and you're crying, I would definitely like tell you. Yeah, I would definitely tell you like go to the office just to point that. Out. Like, you would yep. not want to have an employee that's crying or in distress out on the floor. That's major no. But bring you into the office, right? Okay. Close the door. Lock it. Whatever. So we can allow some time for privacy in between said employee and myself, right? Of course, in the scenario, I'm the manager, right? I asked them, I asked you, Juan, like, hey, what's going on? Let's, let's, let's talk. What's, what's going on, right? Perhaps after already giving you a minute or two to yourself, right? Come into the office, lock the door, sit down. Hey, what's going on, Juan? What do you tell me? What? Okay, maybe you're missing the sense. I'm already in your oh. office and you told me <laughs> that I fucked up. Yes. And did something. So I start crying because you told me that I fucked up. Oh, okay, 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 sorry. Whether you say it nicely or don't say it nicely, <laughs> let's just say you said it nicely, but this is a very sensitive person. You tell me I fucked up. I probably know that I fucked up, but I'm sensitive and you told me I fucked up. So I start crying. Well, I mean, I tell you you would make a mistake. I wouldn't tell you just like flat out fucked up. No, of course not. Of course not. Okay. okay, so okay, you, okay. You, you said it very nicely, but there are still very emotional people that even yeah. that they're just like very emotional. Um, mm, I think probably the first step I'd be, I'd be trying to stick to the problem at hand for the majority of that conversation. Right. So I'd be like, look, I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm not trying to, uh, disrespect you in any way, but I need you to understand the severity of the situation. Like that could have gotten somebody hurt or that mistake, uh, could put a lot of people in trouble, whatever. You know, like mistakes like this aren't, uh, shouldn't and can't be happening. I need you to understand that. I understand that you're in distress. I understand that, you know, it doesn't feel good to be making a mistake and being told about it. But I want you to know, I still respect you. I still think you do a great job and I need you to continue to do a great job. Just understand that this is a mistake. It can no longer happen and it shouldn't happen. And we're going to move forward from this, but I need you to understand the severity of the situation. Like, this is something that cannot happen ever again. All right. And that's all I wanted. Good shit. That was good. I like that. I'm calmed down. Now, I'll <laughs> add one additional dimension to this because okay. I know that you're not a big fan of the virtual world. How would you deal okay. with this if this is a virtual thing? If like I if you're like on a Zoom here, call? Yep. We're not, in, we're not in person. I'm in my house. You're in your house. We'll probably set up an appointment that's... uh convenient outside of the work well i mean again it's virtual so it's like i'm saying outside of the workplace but meaning outside of work hours right so say if your shift is i don't know let's just say nine to five right so your shift is nine to five i'd ask you hey like can we have a conversation around six o'clock or what time is convenient for you set up an appointment right for that virtual call um and in that call try to make it as a um, How would I describe it? Like as real as possible, you know, because of course you, you remove, like if you're speaking to an employee in an office, right. You might put a hand on their shoulder, be like, Hey man, it's going to be all right. Like just relax in a virtual setting. I mean, what am I just going to, you know, like <laughs> can't I can't do, do that. I can't yeah. do anything. Um, so again, still trying to retain the majority of the, uh, the things that I used for the previous example, right. You'd want to try to stick as close as possible to the problem at hand, right? This is not about the person's personal life. This is not about the personal's, you know, personal things that they got going on at that point in time. This is about what happened in the workplace. Okay. Now, of course, there could be circumstances where those things in that personal life in that person's personal life led to the mistake happening, right? If they had a breakup, uh, if they're having some family issues, marital issues, kids, X, Y, and Z, you name it, right? That could apply. Um, but there's a different time and place for that. Um, while you're speaking to somebody about that problem, that mistake that was made, you stick to that. Um, if it's within your management style to try to give somebody life advice at the very end, you could do that, right? But again, this virtual call would be no different. I'd be telling you, look, things can't happen this way. This is why X, Y, and Z, right? Somebody could get hurt. We could be losing money. We could get shut down, right? This is again, 
against this certain policy that we have in place uh, that we went over when we hired you. Um, so you are aware of this, but in case you aren't, we need to revisit this policy. We need to make sure that you remember these things when you're working or when you're in the workplace. Um, and then, you know, after that 15, 20 minute spiel, that conversation, I need to make sure that you've understood what I've told you. I need to ask you, do you understand what it is that I'm telling you? Do you understand the mistake that you, that you made? Do you understand why you can't make that mistake again? Do you have any questions? Are we clear? Right. Once that's out of the way, okay, perhaps it's within my um, place as a person. Perhaps it's within my place as a manager. It's within my style as a manager to ask, do you want to talk about what's going on in your life? Is there something that you like to bring to my attention? Because yes, a manager sticks solely to the business, to the company, to the workplace. But at the same time, it's within your best interest that your employees' mental health and physical health is at 100%, right? Because you need these people to be able to wake up on time. You need these people to be able to sleep and rest on their off time. You need them to be happy. You need them to be exploring, doing other avenues or uh, going into av other avenues of their life, right? On their free time outside of work, of course, so that when they come to the workplace, they're rested, they're re-energized, they're interested, they're inspired. You need that. If your employee is being overworked, if your employee is not getting uh, the necessary time off, if they're working graveyard shifts, right? If their hours are out of line, they're working too many hours on set amount of days, but on other days they're just completely off. Um, if they have some sort of issue, bad habit, bad addiction or something, whatever it may be, as a manager, you need to be aware of those things, right? Not to yep. try to change somebody's life, but just to be making a mental note of it so that you know that something could be happening there, right? In the instance that one of your employees gets locked up, goes to jail, right? You need to be able to almost perceive that happening beforehand, right? Like, okay, this might happen. This guy's been going through some issues. Um, there's some things going on in this uh, person's household. I am aware of that. I know of what might come, right? So you can find somebody of a replacement or somebody to fill in in the case of that happening if they don't show up or if they are just not able to work. It's, it's a lot of things that go into it, but bringing it back to that scenario, we discussed everything, the problem, the mistake, we're good. You understand? I'm happy. I've explained to you why you can't do that. Again, I'm happy. Then ask you what's going on in your personal life, but it needs to be retained to a minimal level because you're not friends. That's, that's an issue that comes in a lot of workplaces that people try to interpret the relationship with their manager or leader as a friendship. And again, that's wrong. You need to be respected as a leader. If you discipline yourself as a leader, you need to be treated as a leader, right? If your employees themselves are being disciplined, if your employees themselves are holding themselves accountable, good, but don't, don't get it twisted, right? Don't, don't be confused and think that they're your friend. It's they're your boss first, maybe outside of the workplace or your friend, maybe, but they're your boss first. Right. And so if yeah. I were to be asking you, Juan, after you finish wiping your tears, Hey, how's your personal life going? And then you start crying again. That's on me. Right. My job is to try to ex uh, expunge what's going on. Right. Like get rid of it. Stop it. End it. Why, right there. why is that on you? Why is what I mean? If I start crying again. Oh, just, I just don't want you crying. <laughs> I know, but you said I wipe my tears and then you ask me how my life is going and I start crying again. That's what you said. And that's my fault. My fault or your fault? You, you said that's, you said that's my fault. So it's your fault. As manager. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because you're now re-triggering their emotions, right? That's like, that's what I'm saying. Like you'd want to keep it to a minimal level because you don't want to make it. So you wouldn't ask a, them that then is what you're saying. It, again, everybody probably has a different management style, a different style of leading. I would probably want to be the person that does ask what's going on in somebody's life. Cause I care, you know, that's just who I am, but it has to be kept to a very minimal, um, level. You, you can't be going on a whole one hour conversation about, uh, you know, well, this happened since back when I was a kid and then this and that, like, that's, that's not the place or time for that. Maybe if you're friends outside of the workplace, right. But 
in the workplace on work hours or in the scenario that we set up an appointment just for this, we have a designated time, a designated time slot. I would tell you like, you know, from six to six 30, from six to six 45, let's have a conversation, talk about this. So, you know, once that time is up, like, well, Hey Juan, thank you so much for your time. I really hope you, uh, you, you know, sort those things out going on in your, in your life. If you need additional time off, please make me aware, please let me know. Uh, we can work something into our schedule. Uh, we're, you know, we want to accommodate to your needs if need be. Um, other than that, thanks for listening. Um, and let's move forward from this. Let's get, let's get some more work done. Uh, and thanks for everything and the call. Interesting. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Wrong. <laughs> Imagine I go through that whole explanation just for Juan to tell me the red. He's like, so here's why you shouldn't do what Omar's saying. And here's why. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely things there that I, I agree with. Um, there are some things that I disagree with, but like you said, it may be a differences in leadership. Yeah. Um, the thing is the, the, the work environment also changes and it designates everything, you know, to a yeah. different, different standard. Cause if you're working for something in a virtual setting, I mean, that'll never be the same as a physical workplace. It just won't. Yep. Right. It It's different. I think there's different things that will apply to different people's uh, examples, you know, when they're listening to this, um, who knows? Maybe, I mean, nah, I, I think there's, there's still some core principles that people could, uh, follow that I'm, that I'm saying, but yeah, like who knows, maybe your workplace is completely different. Maybe there isn't even a manager. Maybe you're just all employees and you kind of just, you know, your own, your own bosses in a sense, like, but no matter what, in a general sense, I think every workplace or, or job or place of employment has some sort of a lead, uh, or somebody that's in charge of a team, right? Even if they themselves aren't the owner or the boss or the manager, there's still some sort of a lead, right? And that's why I keep saying manager, lead, uh, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call yourself. If you're in charge of people, you're a manager. Yep. I, I don't know if I agree with the whole friendship thing about workplace. I think it's a fine line of friendship and not friendship because and if you're a leader, if you're the lead, you aren't necessarily their friend, yes, but you want your employees to be friends, I think. And you want there to be some sort of camaraderie. I think there there needs to be, I, I would argue there needs to be friendship in where you work. And I, I would also argue to some extent that there needs to be friendship between the manager and the employees. And I'll say this in terms of like, not to say that you guys are all just hanging out and going to get drinks all the time, but I think that criticism comes easier from someone that isn't just your boss, from mm -hmm. someone that isn't just barking orders at you and saying, do this and do that. And you keep barking, you keep barking, and eventually your words stop meaning as much as, as you think they might, if that's the one style that you approach, right? And that's why I think that there needs to be, again, I keep going back to the dichotomy of like, you are strict, you're disciplined, and you say this is the way certain things have to get done. But at least for my job, I need to give people the flexibility to do things the way that they do, because I don't have all the solutions. I mean, what mm -hmm. we do is literally all research. We don't know where it's going to go. And there's a million different paths and I need them to go down whichever path they think is best with the overall goal of like, Hey, we still have to solve this problem. And I keep reminding them like, this is going to be beneficial. Is this going to take too much time? So on and so forth. But I can't be for my specific position, telling them this is the way you have to do things because again, there are so many different ways of doing things. Yeah. And I found at least for now, that having some sort of close relationship with them helps a lot with that because then it doesn't feel even when i am telling them hey i need you to do this it doesn't feel like me giving them orders it just feels like oh like yeah juan needs this to get done like i, I should probably prioritize that mm -hmm. and at least again for me it's taken in a better lens than and again like i i most of my bosses I've hated when they told me to do things, yeah. all the jobs that, Same. I mean, the job that I shared with you, all the jobs previously I hated, 
I don't hate it in this position because no one ever tells me what to do. And yet I do it nonetheless. And in the mm -hmm. same sense, I want to project that as a leader to my team in the fact that I shouldn't have to tell you what to do. You should know what you have to do and also know the boundaries of what you're doing and prioritize. So if other people take meetings where I'm not included, I mean, for right now, at least the team is still young, so I'm still in those meetings, but I see myself not being in those meetings very, very soon because they know what the overall goal is and they're informed and I'm still talking to them. There's still communication there, but yeah. I'm not looming over them saying like, Ooh, nope, actually not, not, not that line. Oh, that's not the right function. Like, because if genuinely, I don't know. There's no way that I can know. There's no way for programming that you can know every specific way and the absolute best way of approaching something. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah, that's the one part where I'll slightly diverge from what you said, but other than that, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And no, I think that's fair. Um, I, th I mean, again, there's different workplaces, right? I think you've told me a lot about, um, your job and, and what you do. And I honestly think it's, it's an amazing job. It sounds like an amazing company that you work for. Right. It's cool. Um, it's a bit of an outlier, you know, I don't think the majority of, sure. of businesses or companies are run that way. Um, and I think it, it's an excellent system because obviously they've been able to maintain you there for, for some time now and, and they keep you happy. Right. Um, my place of employment and also, I mean, my current place of employment and also my background from other jobs that I've been at, um, that's just kind of the formula that's existed. You know, not to say that, oh, you can't change that, right? Like it has to be that way. It could totally be morphed into something else, perhaps something closer uh, to what you're experiencing. Uh, but I still believe that as a boss, um, you're a boss first. You know, as a manager, you're a manager first. That's your main responsibility. That is your job title. Um, by which method you lead your team, by which method um, you you discipline them. I guess that's where you're flexible, right? That's where the flexibility comes into place. Um, and that's up to you. Um, but yeah, for those of you that are listening, right. Um, you could totally disagree with what I'm saying and that's fine, but do understand that as a leader, uh, you do need to f have some like form of discipline, right. Um, by which method you use and, and all that stuff, you know, that's completely up to you. Uh, but don't, don't misinterpret that, you know, you are a leader first, right. Um, <laughs> But that's that's cool. I mean, because again, my experience so far is very short lived. Um, this is essentially stuff that I've gathered from not that many days and past job experience, right? The few instances that I would speak with managers and asking questions, you know, just out of curiosity. Um, and also like a few ideas that have kind of um, made up on my, on my own, you know, in this short time so far. Um, I'm not really speaking too much about my current job, not because it's like something crazy or like something I have to be super secretive about, but just for personal choice, uh, just to keep it under wraps. But it is a, um, an advantage position. And so that's kind of where this all comes into play, right? I've been training for this management position this past week, and I will continue to do some training for it. Um, Juan himself is in the lead position. And so right now is honestly the perfect time because we're literally both dealing with uh, issues of our own within our workplaces that have some similarities in them, right? Um, how do you, the exact example that we use right now is something that that's kind of um, stuff that we're kind of dealing with where it's like, how do you process that, right? Somebody making a mistake, how do you go through um, that whole situation and come out on the end winning, not just you winning as a leader, but your team winning, right? Because at the end of the day, you're a team, right? Um, there's a lot of different things that come into play, like the language that you use with your employees, right? The respect that you give them. Um, there's so, so much uh, to explore as a leader. Um, and that for me is enough for right now to keep me excited because I'm learning so much more about uh, being a leader and in the process, uh, learning a little bit more about myself, you know, what my limits are as a leader, right? what extremes I can reach as a leader, how far I could push a team, how far I could push myself. You know, it's, it's, it's exciting stuff to me, but yep. yeah. Also, um, manage your expectations, everybody. <laughs> manage your expectations. 
ain't that the truth yes sir yeah um i think that's a a good place to uh wrap this up right yeah i um, actually learned a lot personally i hope the other people did but i i did approach this in terms of like this is what i've learned but also in presenting you specifically with that scenario like things that i don't understand yet that i'm trying to figure out as well so hopefully yeah. this uh, helped anyone out there who's a prospective leader manager whatever it is um, to better understand the difficulties and also some of the of course amazing uh, benefits from doing it yeah yeah absolutely um do we have a wow is there anything that comes to mind from that book from our fellow friends and hopefully future sponsor jocko willie <laughs> um yeah I, I i've said i believe i might have said this one before but it's, it's stuck with me um i did say it one time and i actually messed it up but i'll say it right this time ah, okay, this okay. comes yeah from extreme ownership by jocko willink and he says there are no bad teams only bad leaders beautiful there it is beautiful well as always make sure to check us out on youtube uh we are now uploading our weekly video uploads uh we also have our presence on all the other platforms for podcasts anchor google podcast apple podcasts and uh our personal favorite spotify um as well as you know many other platforms uh so check us out on all of that uh make sure you share it with everybody i'm trying to promote this podcast as much as possible uh because again it's something important to us uh me specifically it means so so much because there's so much that i've gained out of this um and we're in our next phase the season two right the next level of this so we want yep. to have you guys join us on this journey as we continue to grow this podcast um and uh, don't forget to check us on instagram um at the intrinsic podcast you guys can get all the weekly updates on there as well as additional content and uh and see uh Juan in the gym getting after it with his <laughs> uh his daily updates. Uh, what what day are you on? Just want to give a quick Two, little shout out to Juan. I don't know. Um, I think I did one yesterday. Two fifty four was yesterday. I think I'm two fifty five today. Amazing, amazing. Estimating it. That's fucking badass, bro. Well, yeah. Sure. I mean, you can catch us on there. Uh, I'll be posting myself here and there. Probably not as much, but uh, Juan's out there getting it day by day. And so, if you ever wake up one of these days and you're like, ah, fuck, I just I don't know, I just don't want to <laughs> do it. Don't forget. Juan's out there getting it every fucking day. And if he can do it, you can do it too. That's true. All right. right, Well, that's enough from us. Thanks, everybody. See y'all.